So with that said, new habits for a new you. When you begin to look at the the things that, that you repeatedly do, the things that you repeatedly do, you form habits, and those habits form us. So we form habits, and then our habits form us. Now, there are such things as bad habits. Would anybody say you have a bad habit? Anybody? Yes. I have a horrible habit of biting my fingernails. Anybody, anybody share with me? Think, man, I'm not alone. My mom always told me, that's, that's the worst thing you can do. Bite your finger. They're disgusting. But it's just, it's a, she, we would put like stuff on them so I wouldn't bite them. But it's, it's just a habit that I have not been able to break. It's not a good habit. Other of you may share other bad habits. But the reality is, is we can have bad habits, but, but we could also have good habits. Now, the problem is bad habits are easy. Good habits are hard. Bad habits are easy to fall into. Getting into good habits is harder. And when we, we begin to look at all the things in our life that if we knew that we knew if we changed would be different. When we start thinking about everybody, how many people signed up for a gym membership uh, right before the end of, yeah, right before, right before the end of the year or within the last week or you joined uh, Weight Watchers or, because you do that because you know, if I'm going to change, I'm going to have to get some better habits. If I'm going to, to get to the point that I want to be by uh, swimsuit weather, I'm going to have to have some different habits. I'm going to have to lay off the pizza. I'm going to have to start. And and if you talk to anyone who has truly committed themselves to new habits when it comes to, say, physical activity or their diet, if you talk to them and they're really committed to that habit, they will tell you that their life has changed. We have a fitness group around here. And uh, those people that are in that fitness group, you can watch their bodies transform because of the new good habits that they've started. But the problem is, is they aren't easy. If you talk to anyone who makes that commitment to eating different or working out, they will tell you it's not easy. It's not easy to pass up all of the sweets and the sugar and and the pasta and and all of those things. It's hard to get myself out of bed to to work out or to go to work out after work, but they understand that if they do these habits and they commit themselves to it, that it will make a life-changing difference. And the same thing can be said in our lives spiritually. The same thing applies to that, but the problem is, is getting good habits when it comes to our life and spiritually, it's difficult. But the good thing is, is God will help you. God will help you. There are some biblical principles that God will help you when you start to develop new good habits. But the problem is, we all have excuses. Anybody the king of excuses? I was always told can't, never could do anything. King of excuses. And we look in the Bible, we see people... And we see one particular, in, in, in particular, Moses, who he had five different excuses as to why he could not do what God had said that he could do. He said, I'm not good enough. I don't have all the answers. People won't believe me. I'm a terrible public speaker. 
I'm not qualified. And every excuse in the world that he could think of, of as to why he could not do what God and become the leader and the person that God had called him to become. God wanted to do great things in his life. God had a plan laid out for Moses, and he said, if you will just follow me, if you'll listen to what I'm telling you, if you'll do as I'm instructing you, if you'll change the way that you're doing things, get rid of that quick temper that you have, Moses. Quit being so backward. He said, if you'll do these things, I want to do something great through you. And I believe God wants you to hear this morning that there's great things that can happen in your life in 2019. But there's some things that you have to do. The first thing you must do is, is you must have hope for the future. Too many people have believe that your cause and your life is hopeless because you have too much baggage. I've been through too much. There's too much in my past. I could, could never have great things happen in my life because of my past. God wants you to know that your past doesn't matter. Jesus had an encounter with a woman at the well. A very familiar story found in John chapter 4. And she had tried everything to change her life. She had tried different guys. And Jesus comes by and Jesus says, could you give me a drink of water? And then he begins, has this conversation with this woman. And he says, are you married? And she says, no. She said, well, actually, I'm on my sixth guy. I've met the seventh guy. And so she kept trying to to fix her situation on her own. And Jesus said this in John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you fresh, living water. What I want you to, to key in on there, if you knew If you knew, and I want to tell you here this morning that if you're here this morning and you feel like your cause is hopeless, if you knew, if you knew the God that loved you, if you knew the God that could change your circumstances, if you knew the God, being a a pastor can sometimes be very difficult, but it's also very rewarding. Because I can look around this auditorium and I can see people who I know where they once were, and I know where they are now. I can see people that I know their backstory, and now I know where God has brought them from. There was a point in their life that that you felt hopeless. You may be sitting here this morning, you may say, yes, that was me, but God. That was me, but God. God changed my situation. God gave me hope for the future. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan for your life. And if you're here this morning and you think, it doesn't matter what habit I change, it doesn't matter what habit I develop, my life is just, I'm done. God cannot use me. The Bible says different. Jeremiah declared different. God knows the plans. He has a hope to prosper you. 
not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The second thing you must do is you must have repentance from the past. Now, a lot of times we think of repentance as coming down and, 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 and weeping or wailing and, and, you know, needing tissues and, and that's all good and that's fine. But really, what repentance means is, is you need a course correction. You need to change the way that you're heading. You need to do a 180 of the direction that you're going and you need to turn around and go the opposite. That's what the actual definition of repentance is. It's not getting emotional and crying and and then as soon as you get up and walk out, you're back to doing the same old stuff. That's not repentance. Repentance says, I've made a decision that I'm not going to be the person that I used to be. I'm not going to live the life that I used to live, but I'm making a decision that through the power of God, I'm going to change. And if you're going to, to... be able to be the person that God has called you to be, you've got to have a form of repentance. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. He says, I'm not looking about what's back there. I'm not looking at 2018. I'm not looking at 2017. I'm not looking at yesterday. He said, I'm looking at what lies ahead. I'm looking about where I'm going. You ever tried to drive looking behind you? You ever tried to, you got kids in the back seat and you you, you turn around and and, um, the other day, I'll tell on myself, I came the closest that I've come to, to an accident in a long time. And no, I was not texting. Because if I were, I wouldn't tell this story. I'd be sleeping on the couch. But I had dropped something. And I was trying to figure out where it was. And the traffic was moving along and I had just got my car detailed. Thank you, Marty Reveille. Just picked it up. And I was turning around, reaching for something and trying to get my seatbelt off so I can. Traffic was flying along and and we were coming down 13th Street. And all of a sudden, it just had to be the Holy Ghost because I looked up and I'm telling you, I slammed on my brakes and I don't know how in the world that I didn't hit the car in front of me. But I was going forward, but I was looking behind me and it was almost a catastrophic accident. And all I could think about was that $30 I spent to get the car detailed Wasted. But you can't look back. You've got to come to a realization that, you know what, what's done is done. There's nothing I can change about it. I'm going to repent and I'm going to go the opposite direction in 2019. And then the third thing that we must do, is, which is what we're going to talk about the next four weeks. We need to start having a formation of some biblical habits. Some biblical biblical habits. Romans 12 and 2 says this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. 
unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. When you look at this passage of Scripture, it says, don't get so adjusted to all the, the bad habits that it's so easy to fall into. The bad habits of what the world will tell you will make you successful. There are some biblical habits that God says, and I believe that are laid out in Scripture, that could change your life forever. And the first one we want to talk about this morning is, focus on what I do first. Focus on what I do first. It's the principal priority. It is found all throughout the Bible. And I can tell you more about you by what you do first. How many people, as soon as you roll over in the morning, you pick up your phone and start scrolling through Facebook? Oh, it's, it's one of these. You know, people's like, no, not me, not me. The first thing that you do is, is turn on the news. Or the first thing, first thing you do, maybe you have a, have a cup of coffee. How many people is that? You, you stumble to the coffee pot. You have to have the coffee before you get to Facebook. I understand the order now. But the first thing that we do can tell you a lot about yourself. First things have power. And there's three ways to live out this habit of focusing on what I do first. And the first thing you must do is you must put God first. Put God first. This can be a completely different year for you if you'll do that. Now, some of, I've heard people say that, well, God's in my life, but he's not first. And I'm not trying to be um, argumentative, but I would say that if God's not first, he's not anywhere. Because what does he tell us? God said he will only take one place. He will only take one place. We just celebrated Christmas. And we talked about for the last series, God with us. That God is, is always with us. And when God talks about the, the priority of first, he modeled what he expected. He gave us his first and his only son as a sacrifice for all of our sin. And because of that, he expects one thing out of us. Expecting one thing is not being here on Sunday. Christianity is not coming to, to growth track next Sunday night. Christianity is prioritizing yourself and putting him first. He tells us in Exodus chapter 20, and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. He said, I want to be first. I want to be the first place in your life. I want to be priority. And if you want 2019 to be different, he can't be down here. You've got to move him and put him where he says that he belongs and where he does belong. We've got to learn to give God the first of everything. Give him the first of everything. Now, this is not a money principle. 
talking about tithe and talking about giving God the first, it's not so that we can make sure that we have all the nice things when we get to our new campus. It's not about building buildings. It is a principle. It's a principle of giving God the first of everything. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 23, it says, Bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God at the place he shall choose as his sanctuary. This applies to the tithes of your grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn of your flocks and herds. The purpose of tithing, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. He lays it out for us. That is the purpose. The purpose is to teach us that God needs and desires and should be first in our lives. So how do we do that? The first thing that we can do is we need to learn to give God the first of our year. Give God the first of our year. Starting tomorrow. We did this last year and uh, we're doing it again this year. We're going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's going to run from January 7th, which is tomorrow, to January 27th, which will be the last Sunday of this month. And by doing that as a church, as a corporate body, what we are saying is, God, this church belongs to you. We're giving you the first of our year. We are setting things aside. We are sacrificing. We are going to show you that nothing in this world means more to us than you do. We're declaring that that this belongs to you. And you say, well, what does that mean? Let me explain. When we talk about 21 days of prayer and fasting, we've we've sort of identified four ways that you could join, join us and participate in this fast. The first thing is you could do a complete fast. All food... You fast all food, you drink juices and water. If God leads you to do that, be sure and talk to your doctor. But it can be done. Second thing would be a selective fast. Just taking certain things out of your diet. You got that thing that, I think some people last year did coffee. Man, by that 21st day, you didn't want to be around them. On that 21st day, we all met at Starbucks or Poor House and celebrated. I think last year I did Diet L8. That's why I've got one for each hand today. But you take certain things out of your diet. The third way would be a partial fast. And basically you would just fast meals. You would say, I'm going to fast breakfast or I'm going to fast lunch or I'm going to fast dinner or um, I'm going to... uh, uh, Some people will do um, not eat from sunup to sundown. But anything like that, that would be a partial fast, a fasting of meals. And then the fourth thing, which this might be harder than any of us than food, would be uh, a term that we call a soul fast. Because you see, emotions and our mind and social media play into our lives. 
And what we feed into our soul does. So one thing that, that you can do is, is you can say, you know, I'm going to get off Facebook for 21 days. I'm going to get off social media. I'm going to quit watching the news. Man, we'd all be better off if we did that. I'm going to stop do anything that, that you feed into your soul that, that you feel like that is dragging you and, and taking a place in front of God. As bad as West Virginia's basketball team's doing this year, I'm thinking about fasting basketball for 21 days. And all the Kentucky fans said, roll tide. Sorry. If you want more information, you can go to thegate.life, and that is our central hub. Everything that you want to know, the calendar, uh, if you uh, want to be able to give, uh, anything and everything that you want to know will be found on thegate.life, and it will explain to you and talk to you about why we're fasting, why we're praying, the things that we need to be concerned about. But I want to challenge you to give God the first of your year and watch God do something. We did it last year. Now, I can't say, but we will say as a church that the things that we had been praying for for the last 11 years, the things that we had been looking to and believing God for, we did this beginning of last year. And then by May, we had a new location, a new building, something that we know that God has been in from the very beginning. And I, I am naive enough to believe that when we mean business with God and we give him our best and our first, that he'll do something. And I want to challenge you to participate in, in any way that you can. The second thing that we can do, not just give him the first of our year, but give him the first of my month. The first of my month. Well, how would I do that? At the beginning of the month, sit down and look at your schedule. How many people keep a schedule? How many people try to keep a schedule? How many people would fly by the seat of your pants? Yeah. We're close. I'm having to get better. But I have found that if I will sit down at the beginning of the month and look at my schedule, because you know what happens? If you do not do that, you will schedule God right out of your life. You'll schedule your spouse right out of your life. And I believe that if you will sit down at the beginning of the month and say, okay, here's what I have this month, but here are the things that are non-negotiable. Here are the things that, that I feel that I have to do in order to become the person in 2019 that God wants me to be. And you sit down and you look at, if you're not a scheduling kind of person, give it a shot. You and I can can work on it together. But if you will do that, I believe that you will see, and also in your budgeting, so scheduling and budgeting. Look at your budget and say, you know what? Before I do anything, I'm gonna set aside something to give to God. Once again, it's not about the money. It's not about what it is about is, is saying, God, you are my provider. And I'm going to give you the time that you deserve. And I'm going to give you the things in my life that really don't belong to me anyway. I'm going to let those go. Thirdly, 
the first of my week. If you're here today, you've succeeded. Check mark. Giving God the first of your week. What would your life be like in 2019 if you made it here 52 weeks? 51, because we're not going to be here in one week. What would it be like? You think your life would be different? I believe it would be. Because there's something about God tells us that when we gather together, and when we come together as a church family, that it pleases Him. And there are times that, that and we've talked about this before, there are times in our life that, that we schedule and, and we stop giving God the first of our week. And the next thing we know, we are way off course. The next thing we know, you don't have the people sitting around you. If you're here this morning, you can look around you and the people sitting around you care about you. I can say that without hesitation. For the 12 years that we have been here and this church has been in existence, the one thing that we will say is that we love God and we love each other. And the people sitting around you are important. Gathering with them is important. And if you can learn to say, you know what? The first day of my week, Sunday, I'm going to give that to God. And maybe not even about just coming to worship, but how about resting? How many people like a good Sunday afternoon nap? How many people usually never get one? I can remember growing up when life was so much simpler. I sound so old. But I remember on Sundays, my parents would go home and take a nap almost every Sunday. And I've told you this story before. You may find this hard to believe, but I was never really too excited about going to church on Sunday night. And my parents would always go to sleep, and my sister and I would tiptoe around the house just hoping they would oversleep. But then all of a sudden, their internal clock would kick in, and they would sit straight up in the bed. And we knew it didn't work again. So then we tried to change it around and say, well, let's see if we can not let them get rested and make so much noise that they can't sleep. They'll be too tired to go on Sunday night. That just got us a beating. <laughs> but sometimes, instead of just, what about if, if we gave God the whole day? What if we made it a, a true Sabbath? I believe that you can get more done in six days with God's help than seven without Him. You look at the story of, has anybody ever researched the story of, of Chick-fil-A and why they were closed on Sundays? Do you know how much money they lose by being closed on Sunday? How much money a year? Over $1 billion dollars. Now, society and culture would say, Truett Cathy was crazy. That's a billion dollars a year. But when he established his company, he said, you know what? I'm going to give God the first day of the week. We're not going to do business. I'm going to give God the first day of my week 
I'm going to give my employees the first day of their week. And though pressure would tell him, you can make a lot more money, he says, no, my success. And he will, until the day he died at the age of 93, he would tell you that he counted his success to the fact that he gave God the first of every week. So everybody go home and take a nap today. Lastly, the first of my day. The first of my day. So we're going to not only give him the first of our year, the first of our month, the first of our week, but the first of our day. What are your first thoughts in the morning? For most of us, it's like, is it really morning? But what would our life be like if, if our first thoughts were good, good morning, God? If our first thoughts were, today is the day that the Lord has made, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. What would our life be like? If 365 days out of the year, the very first thing that we do was to put our mind and our thoughts on our Creator. Instead of, everything that we have to do that day instead of all the things that went wrong yesterday saying God thank you for waking me up thank you for the blessings that you have given me God I'm giving you the first of my day my first thoughts and ideally make that your time with God there's a principle called the first 15 the first 15. And what that means is, first of all, spend five minutes in the Word. Five minutes in the Word. For too, for too long and too many of us believe that we can't sit down and read the Bible for an hour that we're a failure. I challenge you to, for five minutes. Five minutes in the Word. Give that time to God. Get, get a, a, a uh, plan or if you want to be the kind that just, you know, opens the Bible and says, Holy Spirit, speak to me. But get in a habit of giving your first five minutes of your morning to God. And then the second five minutes in worship. Find you some Christian music. Something that will pour into your soul. Something that will... Put a smile on your face. Something that will bring your attention to God. And spend the next five minutes just worshiping Him. And then spend the last five minutes in prayer. So that's 15 minutes. 15 minutes out of your day. And I want to challenge you. Give it a month. Try it. See if you can develop these healthy habits at the beginning of your day and see if you don't have a better day. Now, does that mean that the enemy's not going to attack you? Of course not. That would be way too easy. And the reality is, is probably the more that you do this, most likely the more the enemy's going to attack you. How many people just changed your mind? But the good news is, is that the more that you do this 
And the more that the enemy attacks, the more that you know that God is fighting for you. And when you see the enemy and the things that the enemy brings to you to try to destroy you, God, the enemy tried to take a lot of you out in 2018. He's tried to take you out. He's done everything in his power to destroy you. And you may just be barely hanging on, but, but God. God is why you're here. God will fight for you. God is your strength. God is your refuge. God is a present help in the time of trouble. And he wants you to know, I'm here for you. Just give me what belongs to me. Give me the first of your day. And if, if you will do that, if you will give God the first of your year, the first of your month, the first of your week, the first of your day, you can expect God to bless the rest. You heard Dayton as he was talking about how that, and he said it many times, how that even when he really didn't have money, he would give God the first and then he would be amazed at how far the money would go. A lot of us, if we give God our time, we think, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to, to go to church. I don't have time to, to help out. I don't have time to, 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 to do anything related to God. But when we do that, it seems like our days are longer. We know physically that's not possible. All the days are basically the same. But when you put God first, He will bless everything else that you do. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Verse 10 says, Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. He said, In all your ways, acknowledge me put me first in everything that you do put me first and if we can get to the place in our lives that we are putting him first in everything I believe it's a habit that will change your life how many people would be okay with 2019 being better Establishing biblical principles. Putting God first. Principle of priority. With every head bowed and every eye closed. How many people will say, Pastor, it's my goal in 2019 
put God first. Almost everyone in this building. To put God where he belongs. To give God the first of everything. New habits aren't easy. Life is tough. Life will pull at us and yank at us so many different directions. But if we can get to the point where we can have some healthy biblical habits, you will see the reward. There's nothing like going on a diet and stepping on the scale and seeing that you've went down 0.5 pounds. There's nothing like seeing progress in your life. And if you want 2019 to be your best year ever, then start it on this first Sunday of the year. Start putting Him first. If everyone will stand... We're going to close. And we're going to take just a a couple of minutes. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that God will give us individually the strength to not give in to the world's culture putting everything else above God we've seen it from the very beginning of time it was so prevalent in those days that he had to say don't put anything else before me and the same issue that they were having back then we have today so we're going to pray that God will give us the strength individually and then corporately as a body to put him first And just to watch Him bless everything else that we do. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning. Father, I'm so thankful for every person that is gathered here this morning. God, I'm thankful for the hands that have been raised. God, we know that in ourself, we can't do anything. God, that if we try to to make and, and form new habits without you, we're not going to be successful. But God, we know that with your help, with your strength, God, that we can. God, I pray that for every excuse that the enemy will throw our way as to why it cannot be, God, that you will allow us to stand on the fact that you say that it can. (laughs) God, let us stand on the verse that says with you, all things are possible. God, allow us when the enemy tempts us to put everything before you to stand firm and say it's not going to be that way. I'm standing on the Word of God. I'm putting you first. God, I believe that you want to do things in the lives of those gathered here today that will blow our mind. God, I believe that there's some people's stories that you want to change. God, there are some lives that you want to turn around. And God, all you're asking 
is for us to take steps, to take steps, to realize that our future has a hope, to realize that we need to change the way that we're going and to repent. And God, that we need to develop some healthy habits. God, I pray that as we leave here today, God, that it will not be just another Sunday. God, it will not be just another sermon, another teaching. But God, that the words of your Holy Spirit will just resonate in our hearts and in our lives and in our soul. And God, that we will have the courage and the strength put you first to acknowledge you in all of our ways God to allow you to direct us to lead us and guide us Father I thank you I praise your name